Welcome to an episode of Weekly Weights. We lift weights and we are mates. On the weekend, we go on dates. Weekly Weights, Tim and Footy. Weekly Weights with Alex and Will. Welcome to episode 27 of Weekly Weights. Today we're going to be doing a recap of Powerlifting Australia's Open Nationals uh, weekend just passed. Yeah, we're going to go through each weight class and talk about the winners, um, notable events, but also we'd like to um, just value add a little bit by giving some insights into, um, into I guess, the competitors' strategies, things we might have expected to see on the day as well. Just sort of add a couple of layers to it. So if you do choose to go through the live stream and... Um, and watch, you'll know where the highlights are, but also maybe just have some more insight into the actually interesting things, I guess, underpinning the decisions made on the day. So we've decided that um, every single preview or recap of a meet goes in order of lightest to heaviest and starts with the females. So we are not going to do it like that. We're going to do it completely randomly, aren't we, Will? Yeah, I think, like, I don't want to avoid any connotation that suggests that one weight class is less important or less interesting than another. So doing it randomly also like avoids that. But the other important thing is if people knew when their review or the review of the weight class they wanted to hear was coming up, they could just skip the other ones, which I think is kind of rude. Yeah, we want you to listen to the whole thing. Yeah, ideally. So sorry, strap yourself in for a couple of hours. Anything could come up next. We've got the trusty Houston Rockets hat with all the weight classes written into it. Alex, do you want to draw out who we're going to talk about first? I'm just going to rustle the papers really quickly. This is how prepared we are. We're actually willing to just go off the cuff on any weight class in any order. The lightest male class. Oh, fuck. Who is in that? The 62 males. <laughs> the 62 kilo males. Let me scroll the scoreboard. So the winner of the 62 males was the great Raymond Wong. Oh, yeah, so it was. I think that's his third in a row. Uh, third national championship win in a row. And it was just him and Pearson so lifting in that weight class. Unfortunately, Pearson bombed on squats. So it was really Ray's for the taking after that. Yeah, that's right. So I remember talking to Ray actually out the back. Um, Ray, having previously been coached... Is he still being coached by Amir from Adonis? Not too sure. I don't think so. But um, having previously been coached by Amir, Ray and I um, both know each other quite well. And he was telling me that the story of his entry into nationals, um, it was actually a bet. So he was out for drinks with, I think, John um, John Tran of City Strength. Um, shout out, John. And Gary Young, um, aka Daddy Lift, aka 85 kilo super champ, um, aka bench hero. He So they were out having drinks and they'd had a few. And Ray said something along the lines of, I bet that if I email Wilkes, He'll get back to me within 10 minutes. So if I email him asking, can I go to nationals? He gets back within 10 minutes. I'll do it. And so Piss Ray emails Wilkes and Wilkes responds like literally the second he gets the email. With a, with a classic Robert Wilkes one word answer of sure. Yeah, sure. Pathetic. <laughs> and so Ray was in. Um, and from there, yeah, Ray, um, Ray put the knuckle down, trained for eight or 10 weeks. And he ended up, he PB'd, what did he PB? Squat and bench. And did he take a total national record? Is that correct as well? I believe so. I believe so. So pretty strong performance from Ray. Um, so he totaled 550 at, where's his weigh in? 61.4, which was a 459 Wilkes, which is very good. It's extremely good. Um, Ray and Pearson were lifting in the Saturday morning session, correct? Um, so Pearson comes from JPS in Melbourne um, and he's had a few strong performances, but. What did he bomb on? He bombed on squat, didn't he? 
Yeah, he missed his opener on depth, went up, and I think missed twice on depth or missed on strength and then depth or, or depth and then strength something. No, the um, last one was definitely on the first one and the last one were definitely depth. Right. Well, I mean, rough day in the office because after that he actually went and he did some pretty solid lifting. He got a one twenty five bench, missing one twenty seven and a half. Um, deadlifted two twenty, which at sixty two is really good. Um, Ray having deadlifted two twenty five just before, so. So, I guess, for all intents and purposes, a good day, except for squats, which is kind of important. Yeah, it's really interesting to look at the um, results score sheet. He was actually would have been in the mix if he was able to get in the meet initially, because their lifts were quite close. All three lifts were quite close. And, oh, oh his age isn't listed, but Pearson's young, isn't he? I'm not too sure. Yeah, so I think he's got, a, you know, at least another few years of being really competitive in there. Um, so yeah, yeah, next next yeah, weight class. Next time, next weight class. The eighty-five kilo men. Uh, who cares? <laughs> okay, eighty-five kilo men. Um, can we see the score sheet? I mean, you pretty much know this off the top of your head, Alex, having been one of them. So we had four eighty-five kilo males. Um, we've already said that Gary Young took the title. So Gary Young from City Strength weighed in at eighty-three kilos on the dot. Throwback to the old weight classes. He won. Um, ben Sellers, who JP Couchy coaches and who I handled on the day, came second. Um, well, actually, I should say that Chris White, his good friend, handled him really, and I was just there. Um, Hussey is Hussey from Strong Twenty Four Seven. He's from New South Wales, but Joey coaches him online. Right. Um, so yeah, Hussein. I don't know how to say his surname. Alui. Alui. Hussein Louis came in third, um, yeah, coached by Joe Zingini, and then Alex Hayes of Lift Performance Centre, don't know. Um, Some guy. <laughs> weighed in 85.00 and unfortunately came in fourth in a pretty strong weight class. Um, tell you what, Alex, why don't you run us through the events of the day in squat and you can give some insight into your performance as well. Um, it was very strong squatting from all four of the guys. Um no actual misses on strength, only one miss, which was Hussey's second on depth. So really good attempt selection and good execution from all the lifters. Um, same thing with bench, only Hussey missed his third and everyone else made, so 11 out of 12 on bench as well. And I think only Ben made his third deadlift. So what was that? Nine out of 12 made deadlifts as well. So pretty consistent and good execution from everyone and good coaching from all the coaches I think yeah, one I th- thing to note with this weight class is that it was pretty clear from the start who would be first second third fourth so the lifters could kind of focus on themselves and make lifts rather than worrying about placings and stuff like that I think to a degree like having um, having sort of helped coaching Ben there was at least some concern from him that Hussey might be able to pip him because you know Hussein having missed two lifts only totaled 17 and a half kilos below Ben and Ben had a really good day PDs across the board 9 from 9 like did fantastically well you know by the time deadlifts came around it was pretty apparent that Ben had second place wrapped up Gary was miles ahead he had a really good performance Um, and you knew from nominations that you were unlikely to come any higher than fourth unless something went drastically wrong Um, so yeah you're right there was there was probably, at least by the midway of the competition, more focus on just executing. And the lifters did that really well. We should also mention that Gary Young, who's been around powerlifting for quite a while, has said that he's going to have some time off after this comp. Um, where did he end up wilksing? Because he totaled 712.5 kilos. 475. 
475 um, Wilkes points, which is really good. So the previous 83 kilo powerlifting Australia record was how many kilos? 760 by Nathan Tannis, and that was in April this year. And but Nathan blew whatever was yep. there before out of the water. Hey, well it was it was his record for about a year because he's been totaling 740 plus for the last 18 months or whatever. But prior to that, was it a mere or something? Yeah, it like was a mere with like 713 and a half or 716, something like that, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, Gary having put on, I guess, what was a very strong performance. And yeah, going 9 for 9, which is good. Um, in terms of the actual performances of the lifters, we might as well, when we actually know something about a class, give a little bit more insight as far as like what was expected. Um, Gary did really well squats 262 and a half his squats absolutely skyrocketed recently he's always had a lot of ability but he's found executing squats in competition hard um i think he hit something along the lines of a 250 kilo was it a double or triple 255 double 255 kilo double so if anything you might have thought he could squat a smidge above 262 and a half but that seems about at the limits of his capability well yeah his 262 and a half was surprisingly difficult um, given how easy his training had been, and I'm not really too sure why. Maybe he was nervous on the day, or I mean, it is hard like to that. execute. And and a 245 opener would predict probably heavier than a 262 and a half third. But I think John John Tran, who was coaching him, made the exact right call because 262 was yeah about what he had. Yeah, definitely, definitely what he had. A very good decision on the third. And then he benched 180 kilos. Um, Again, Gary, known for being a really good bench presser, has actually had some pec... Was it pec troubles? Yeah, he had, a, he had a pec strain probably about six weeks out or so. <laughs> Still benches 180. So he, he benched 185 in uh, the Expo in April. Yeah. Um, and he was probably on track for 190 and had a little bit of a setback with the injury, but still made three benches and 180, biggest bench of the class. And then he deadlifted 270, um, which must have been hard because they only went to 275, and 275 was no good. Um, Gary, a notable member of Team Subtotal, uh, really good squatter, really good bencher. Historically, not as good of a deadlifter, but again, his deadlift seems to have come on in leaps and bounds because 270 is a pretty good performance. Definitely, yeah. Um, as far as we'll talk about Ben goes, so Ben's prior PBs, um, I've got to rattle this off from memory because I was told... It was 251... 170 and 270 I believe yeah I think he did 2.5 kilo oh, no, 265, 165 bench sorry it was 250, 165 yeah comp was 165 and yeah. he had benched uh, I think he might have benched 170 for a double it was a in 12, training it was a 12.5 total PB for Ben yeah um, and yeah deadlifts again I think he had deadlifted quite a lot in training with his previous competition best might have been something like 265 or or two. Oh, no, maybe 270, but... Deadlift 270, yeah. Yeah. Um, but well, either he way, also did only compete recently in August. Yeah, true. Um, either way, Ben had a really strong performance, and every lift he actually looked like he probably had a little bit in the tank. Um, did really well, and big shout-out to Chris White, who was there. I hope his surname's Chris White. Chris White, who was there helping warm him up and handle him on the day. Because, um, yeah, looked entirely assured, like, definition of a clinical 9 for 9 performance. Everything was great. Um, Hussey is got to be the youngest person. Was he the youngest person at Nats? Because he's a nineteen ninety eight birth year, which means he's youngest male. Yeah, youngest male. Youngest male. Um, yeah, he. All of his lifts tend to run very close. Like as in his squats tend to be right there at depth. Um, his benches can be. I don't know. 
like a little bit like, yeah he, he struggles to get his feet flat and yeah. his elbows locked and stuff like that so he's, yeah he's, he's pretty like on the border with apply, applying to the rules I guess yeah um, which maybe I don't know if that's what came back to bite him in this in this instance with a couple of missed lifts but his raw strength is like extremely impressive yeah he missed three lifts and still managed to hit a total PB so he's obviously progressing yeah and he wanted um, to um, and again he only competed in August as well I know um, where he went nine for nine with 677 and a half um, and winning junior nationals so to back that up only 10 weeks later still hit a PB on total and miss a few lifts is pretty good yeah really good and I know I think he was wanting to go for the junior deadlift record for his third um, and Joey Joey Zingini, to his credit, out the back said, "Mate, you're like 12 years old." Like, no, not the not the deadlift record. Would it? it would have been bench. Oh no, bench press. Correct. Yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, it was asking for the bench press record. Joey says, "Quote: You're 12 years old. We'll do that later." <laughs> um, put in a third bench, which subsequently he he locked it out, but it dipped. Yeah, that sucks. Um, <laughs> locked it out, but it dipped. But that is the that would have equaled the record, so he would have needed. Yeah, he wanted 172. Yeah. Um, and then Alex Hayes, Lift Performance Center. Um, so, yeah, tell us about him. He's a good guy. Uh, questionable. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I had a good day. Really happy with squats and bench. And the first time I've ever been six for six um, after third bench, which was felt great. Um, the first two deadlifts also felt really good. We took the low end jump on the third deadlift and it was just too heavy, so... And previous best competition lifts for you are 235, 145, correct? And 277. So, um, but those are all in different comps, aren't they? Uh, no, the squad and the deadlift are in the same comp. Okay. But in that comp, I benched 12 and a half less than what I benched. Right, so it sums so. up to, for you, a big total PB. Or not big, seven and a half kilos? Yeah, seven and a half. Seven and a half kilo total PB. Um, I, I mean, I was coaching you on the day, so I'm not going to criticize attempt selection at all. Your, um, your second deadlift moved really well at 270. Um, having pulled 277 a while back as well and with your training going well, 280 looked about right, but just on the day, it looked like you were a bit cooked. And, you know, having had, I guess, a big morning and a good competition so far, there's probably no shame in that. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't know if there's a huge lot more insight that we can necessarily give on the 85s for now. Yeah, there was nothing really that happened in the class as far as, like, important attempts or like lifts that needed to be made and stuff like that because like I said before it was quite clear from the get-go what the placings would be mm. so yeah I guess we can move on to the next one yeah let's r- rustle through the hat and another weight class coming right up the 69 kilo males since we've done only males so far um okay well 69 kilo males before we even mention anybody else um Carl DeFalco of JPS took it out Carl competed in the pro night um so the pro night was a ticketed event that was run on Saturday night or Saturday night I should say um outside of the normal expo hours um which sort of grouped together a whole bunch of the better lifters at the competition um Carl absolutely smoked it he totaled 635 having weighed in at 68.95 um that eclipsed the previous total record of I believe 630 which was set by JP Couchy in the 66 kilo class. So obviously with the move to world powerlifting and the new weight classes, um, that was, I guess, the nearest relevant record. So sets a total record, um, lifted like 
crazy well, 240, 132 and a half, and 262 and a half in the deadlift. Like, phenomenally good performance. Um, came third best, um, third best male lifter with a Wilkes of 481 kilos. Fourth best. Fourth best? Fourth best. Oh, that's right, yeah. Fourth best, my mistake. Um, but yeah, really, really good lifter, and I don't think there was a second stout that he was going to win. Well, yeah, that, I mean, I guess mentioning the pro night, um, Carl was the only lifter from uh, this weight class who was in the pro night, and the reason for that was because he was, you know, the clear favourite and obviously going to win. So the other guys who lifted that morning were just, I guess, fighting it out for second, knowing that um, Carl would beat them, and he, I think he was first by 80 kilos. Yeah, he was first by 80. So, but, so let's ignore Carl for the moment. Um, Beyond having said, actually, we'll just mention the things that he did. So, yeah, was that a squat record? Yes, yeah, squat record of 240. The previous record was uh, JP 230. Something. He did well, whatever it was. Yeah, anyway, Carly done good. What else? And total record, we said. Total record, squat record. Not bench or deadlift. Not bench or deadlift. Um, but yeah, awesome performance. So, let's ignore him. Total 635, like, killed it. The 69 kilo men who were duking it out for second actually had a really good competition, like very close. Um, so there was a cluster, the lowest total being 520 kilos um, by Josh Liu from no, Strength Fortress. Dean, Dean. Dean? Oh, sorry. I'm, I find it really hard to scan my eyes across this many lines on a graph. Um, Dean with 520, and then the highest was 555. So it went 555, 545, 542.5, 520. So a good cluster between second and fourth. Um, yeah, you'll notice that looking at the score sheet, Will, um, Josh Liu took a deadlift, which would have put him in second. So I guess for the win for the morning, I guess put him in first. Yeah. Which was unsuccessful at 247.5. Have you seen it? Was it close? No, I can't. I was okay. coaching, um, this is when I was coaching Jules and Chrissy Hay. Yeah, this is when I was weighing in. Yeah, so I watched his opener and it was an absolute smoke show. And I remember thinking, like, yeah, he could be on here because he opened a fair bit heavier than the other three guys. So Josh is the kid who's like proper deadlift hero, right? Who in nationals missed his first two deadlifts and then went up for the win. Do you remember that? Yeah, he took a like 19 kilo jump or something for the win. Yeah, so so he actually has form on like coming in clutch on deadlifts. Um, 247.5 kilos is a really good pull as well at, um, at under 69 kilos um, so I would have liked to see that who came so the guy who ended up actually coming second though that was Frank um, again from the Strength Fortress um, so what did he do 192.5 kilos 125 kilo bench press 237.5 kilo deadlift for a 555 total 424 Wilkes points good job um, 8 for 9 day 8 for 9 day That's you can't do much better you can do one lift better. <laughs> um, Jake Bryant. Jake, where does Jake come from? He, isn't he um, Isn't he strong 24-7? He knows Joey. He's coached by Joey. Right. Um, but he's not from Wollongong. Well, shout out Jake Bryant, who I know listens. Um, he's written to us a couple of times. Lovely bloke. Had a beer with him. Or I had a cider. Se- <laughs> had several. Had several. Um, on Sunday night. Great dude. Um, total 545, like we said. Um no, he's right in the mix as well. So he deadlifted 217.5 kilos. I'd love to know what his best was prior to that. But had he gone to 222.5, he would have been able to pick Frank for second because he weighed in lighter. Um, and but, he had the biggest subtotal. 
yeah. as well. So he was in the lead after bench. Um, so presumably, presumably two seventeen was at his limits, or else he probably would have pushed a little bit more. Um, and then yeah, we've spoken about Josh, who did pull for a second, which is cool. Um, Dean from Melbourne Strength Culture. He did he have a nine for nine day. Oh yeah, yeah awesome job. So he went nine for nine, squatted one ninety two, which is great. Bench one hundred seventeen. Um, deadlifted two thirty two. Oh wait, two twenty two. Um, so yeah, solid effort across the board. But and he's the um, junior national champion, in the sixty six class from August. Yeah. And he beat. Well, he didn't actually beat Josh. Josh. Josh Lou didn't make weight for that <laughs> oh, really? nationals. Yeah. Okay. He was sixty six oh five. I was um, chatting to him while I was in the sauna. He was like shadow boxing and stuff. Classic. <laughs> That's awesome. So Josh so, and Dean, I'd Josh, say, are two to watch. Hey? Yeah, Josh got his uh, revenge on Dean beating him at open nats. Yeah, good job. Um, anyway, great weight class. We'll probably touch on Carl a little bit more because we've got some miscellaneous questions later and one's about the pro night. So, you know, we'll touch on that then. But yeah, suffice to say, lifted really well. Killed it. All right, next weight class. Next weight class, rustling. <laughs> Please be a female class. The 77 kilo males. Oh, for fuck's sake. Can we just leave that one? It's so much. We need to have a break before we get to that one because it'll take ages, hey? Okay, we'll come back to that. Yeah, no one cares about them anyway. Sorry, JP, there's your weekly shout out. All right, the 53 kilo females. Oh, thank Christ. Um, I'll get the scoreboard. You can. Do you remember? 53 kilo females. The winner was Stacy, I believe. Stacy. Yep, Stacy Rogers was the winner with Megan Hinchley coming in second. And Sandra. Sandra rounding out the, the field. Sandra is Melbourne Uni lifter. Yeah, Sandra from Melbourne Uni. So Stacy winning with a 355 total. Um, that's 20 kilos above Megan coming in second with 335. Um, third being Sandra with 312. So a bit of a spread. A bit of a spread across the lifters there. Um, notable absence here being Liz Craven. Who's that? Uh, I can't remember. Um, I think we might have spoken to her on the show at one stage, but she was over competing at the World Championships um, in the States um, while this was happening. So, so anyway, we had yeah we had Stacey a clear winner, Megan clear second, Sandra clear third. In terms of how people actually did across the day, um, what have we got? So Stacey missing her third bench and third deadlift. Um, Megan, so third bench press being 70 kilos. I think this was Stacey's first competition at 53. Because I, I believe she was in the 57s before. Yeah, I can't say. I've seen, I remember seeing her name in the in the rankings. Well, if that's the case, then I guess successful transition down. Um, Megan having missed her last squat and last deadlift. So has she gotten them? That would have pushed her up 12 and a half kilos, so still not quite enough to eclipse Stacy, who again had missed lifts. So it sounds like she had a she had a very solid day. Again, this was happening while I was um, while I was coaching others, so I didn't get to see much on the platform. And then Sandra had tough day on squats, missing two, um, but then after that pulled together really well, missed her final deadlift at 162 and a half kilos, having gone up from 157, so presumably on strength. Um, you know, so yeah, had she probably gotten that, gotten that last squat, she might have been able to battle it out with Megan for second place. Um, yeah, solid comp all round. So Megan Hinchley, just because I know her personally, I can talk on her a little bit more. Um, has been battling with some hip issues. She's been in powerlifting for a very long time, um, battling some hip issues, and she says she's going to step away from the sport a little bit and try and rehab them. She's had femoral 
acetabular impingement. So FAI, pain in the front of the hip. Um, yeah, she's going to try and sort that out and come back. She's still going to be involved in powerlifting. She's coming to lift to coach in a few weeks, which I'm very excited about. Mm-hmm. She's got um, King Ravi. Hmm? You remember Ravi? Mm, oh, yes, I do. Yeah, my man. What a legend. The king. Um, so Ravi, how old's Ravi? He's in his 70s. Yeah, so Ravi, one of the elder competitors in powerlifting Australia. Um, and yeah, always a thrill to watch him lift. So Megan will be about, but not powerlifting for a bit. So it's good to see her get up and yeah have a go again. And then also good to see her being in charge of partying on Saturday and Sunday night, which she does so well. Um, although on Sunday, she was pretty quiet by her standards. She um, handed over the reins to one Maddie Harp from Brisbane. Yeah, Maddie Harp, who did an exemplary she, job. She was great. Um, but yeah, Megan, known for knowing how to party, um, had a very sore head on Sunday. And I think she was... She was in early retirement because she really did check out of the party scene. We only had a couple. Um, it's probably because anyway. Liz wasn't there. Yeah, um, Liz is a, like a bad influence, would you say? They're bad influence on each other. Yeah, well, I mean, you can't be a gangster without a gang, right? And there, there are two gangsters. <laughs> um, Alex is just cringing. All right, let's move on to the next white class. Um, hopefully one that we actually got to see. Forty-eight kilo females. Forty-eight kilo. Oh, so they lifted. Well, there was only one of them. It was Wendy Chan. She weighed in exactly forty-eight kilos after a makeshift sauna. The um, morning of, I think she had like some plastic bags and stuff to make weight. Yeah, she was looking very hollow. A reef. A reef messaged me that morning asking me um, what time is the latest time that they could get to weigh-ins and weigh in. I remember this. Yeah, and. I think she made it about 15 minutes before weigh-in. Just made it. Just started having time to warm up. Made three squats with squat a record. one kilo squat record of 133.5. Um, just missed the last bench, but bench 72.5, which is really good for 48 kilos. Mr. Opening deadlift. Mr. First deadlift, then hit it, then pulled 152.5 on her third. I believe a new total record. Um, I think so, but I'm not certain on that. She did come what third for best lifter or second for be- second best lifter. Second best lifter. So you would think it's in the mix. Four seventy three will score. Um, yeah, she's she's unreal. She every time I've seen her compete, just puts up monster numbers. Openers always look hard, and then she always gets the next one, and then she always gets the next one. I mean, like we had you know the two just for comparison when you see one hundred and thirty three point five kilo squat, the two best lifters two weight classes up Chrissy and Jules who obviously Alex and I know very well um, Chrissy and Jules in the 58 kilo class both had 135 kilo third attempt squats so you've got somebody a full 20% lighter than them squatting you know within a kilo and a half of them like that's extremely impressive so um, if you do go through the live stream and want to see a really good squat probably check that one out that's pretty cool yeah, well done yeah. to Wendy well done to Wendy next weight class the 94 kg men oh this is a good one actually um alright tell had, us about that so we had five lifters in the 94s three of them lifted in the pro night on the Saturday night and the other two lifted on the Sunday morning um I was actually coaching Matt through that session on a Saturday night and then I was spotting loading in the 94s the next morning so I saw all this up very close let's well let's just quickly run through um Run through the placing so that we know the characters of the story for everybody. So the winner was Hung Fan with 740. Second place was Matt 
with 720, third place was Coy, also with 720. Uh, third place was Jason Clark with 715. And fourth place, Carl Raggio with 672.5. Raggio. Raggio. Um, I believe. S- sorry, Kyle. Yeah, no worries. But I'm saying no worries on his behalf. He's my mate and ex-colleague. Also my mate. Yeah. Um, well, let's say his name right, mate. <laughs> um, Usually you're the one who mispronounces names. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, I just give up. Um, but luckily, yeah, I know know how to say everybody's name in this weight class. So we got Hunk Fan. Um, let's talk about the top... Well, we want to talk about the top three people who are competing on the pro night. Um, talk about their battle. And then separately, we'll actually cover Jason and Kyle because there's a bit of a story to that as well. Um, and it ties into the whole discussion of the pro night itself. So, so first things first, Hung, Matt, and Koi. Um, Hung, a very well-rounded lifter in general, but a noted deadlifter, um, who has attempted 338, was it, at one stage? Like a YOLO mm, for the win. For the win last year in 93s, yeah. Um, but he's, he was, at the time, the holder of the deadlift record with 318, is that correct? No, it was actually Koi's record with 318.5 before the day. Koi pulled 318.5? Yeah, he pulled 318 earlier this year. Yeah. Did he hurt his back or something? No. Oh no! Wait, he pulled three fifteen. He attempted three twenty. In the column. Yeah. Who, who am I reading? Oh yeah, yeah. No, correct. Sorry. I'm um, sorry. I was reading Matt's deadlifts as Koi, and I was like, "What's going on here?" <laughs> um, I remember that. Yeah, true. So, um, so Koi had the deadlift record, but Koi Hung had the deadlift was, record. Yeah. Hung had basically forgone that for his three thirty eight YOLO attempt, and then we have Trent Santos, another fantastic deadlifter from the 94s who was he's not there he was overseas competing at Worlds Trent who then, yeah Ross. who then Trent what did I say Santos oh that's just his Instagram handle Trentos Santos it's Trentos Mentos oh is that where it is I thought it was Santos I just thought that was his surname Trentos shout out sorry for not knowing anything about you um, <laughs> you suck Will yeah sorry mate um, yeah, so but he Trent, lifted so, 320 so overseas Trent, yeah Trent actually broke the Australian deadlift record while in America at World Powerlifting Worlds with 320 yeah, which so none of these guys um, were able to over the weekend in Australia. Yeah, I guess we're, like the reason we're saying all this stuff is because eventually we're going to have a bit of a discussion about the pro night and the fact that Worlds was on at the same time as Nationals and just give everybody a bit of context. Um, but yeah, so we've got got a whole bunch of really good lifters. Anyway, Hong is very well rounded, but a great deadlifter. Matt is an extremely good squatter and bench presser with an okay deadlift. Well, a more than okay deadlift, really. Um, but the other two lifts are particularly good. Coy turns out he's a really good deadlifter. <laughs> yeah, very good deadlifter, very good squatter. And then, um, and then we also have Jason and Kyle. Jason being a really good deadlifter, um, like um, Jason being a really good deadlifter. Kyle being well rounded but a very good bench presser. Um, and then overseas we had Trent who is good at squatting, really good at deadlifting, pretty good at benching as well. So a whole bunch of people who are really good. And this comp, it looked, I think, from what I remember, it was sort of Hung's to lose by the time deadlifts came around. Is that right, Alex? Yeah, so Hung made three squats. His third was the perfect weight choice. He would have missed two and a half more. It was good coaching from whoever was coaching him. Anth Luke, I think. Anth? Yeah, I think Anth was coaching Yeah. Um, and I think Matt had the lead on subtotal. Yeah, he so did. Matt's subtotal, 442 and a half. So um, 17.5 kilo lead. Hung, uh, Hung with 425 and Koi with 410. So Matt obviously knew being the not best deadlifter out of the group that he would have to make lifts to stay within it and I guess force, force the other guys to beat him. 
um, Hung was able to comfortably take the lead after his opener and then again on his second um, and I'd have thought um, I'd have thought watching this that Coy would have been in with a sniff um, he was 15 kilos behind Hung um, Hung in the subtotal but he would have needed Hung to miss um, to miss one or two deadlifts I think because um, having to make up those 15 kilos when um, when Hung is already a strong deadlift was probably a bit beyond yeah him. he would have needed about 340 yeah, so I guess by the time deadlifts roll around, because all the lifters had actually had quite a solid, quite a solid comp at that stage, um, you know, it looked like the it was going to be Hung in first, and then Matt and Coy battling it out for second. As it happened, Matt and Coy both missed, um, both missed their third deadlift. So had Coy taken a conservative third, I think he went to three twenty to take the record. Um, yeah, he went to three, yeah, he went to three twenty, which would have put him in second. Yeah, and he could have deadlift record, but he could have taken three twelve and taken second. He could, yeah. Um, so that's a bit of a shame, but understandably chasing the record because that's a nice big carrot. Um, anyway, no luck. But that was on the pro night, and then the next morning we had the other ninety four kilo lifters competing. Um, so quickly we'll run over Kyle because um, sorry Kyle, but it's slight sideshow to the main story here. Um, only hit one squat, unfortunately. He missed two. He smoked his opener. Um, Missed 235 twice after that. And it it looked like execution errors because he had the strength, unfortunately. Yeah, he looked a little bit off balance. Yeah, um, Alex, you were backsporting him. You caught a few squats that morning. I yeah. did, I caught a lot of squats that morning. Um, anyway, tough luck for Kyle. So that, that made his day a bit tougher. But then after that, he went six for six. So he got 170 kilo bench, which was great. And a 277.5 kilo deadlift, which I think is a two and a half kilo comp PB. Am I correct? Five, five kilo. Five kilo comp PB. So... You know, ended up coming together with a good day. He just had some rough luck in the squat, and he did look like he could have squatted 240 to 245 off his opener, so no good. Jason Clark, though, is an interesting one. So Jason, um, I think he's been showing up at Nationals for quite a while. Self-coaches, hands in his own attempt cards. Um, this time, I think Cam McKenzie was looking after him. Is that correct? Uh, no, he was on his own, and then Cam sort of got around him for his deadlift at the end. Right, well, Cam loves a deadlift. Shout out, Cam. Um, he does. So... <laughs> So Jason ends up absolute. I don't know what he was doing competing separately to the other three. He squats 270, which is incredible. Benches 155, which is pretty good. And then he opened with a 290 kilo deadlift. So at this stage, he has a 425 subtotal. Had he been competing in the pro nine, that would have had him equal with Hall, right? Um, he's, he's gone and pulled a 290 opener, which flew. And I remember I was sitting in the front row, oh, not the front row, I was about four rows back, and Alex, you were loading plates. At that stage, and you and I looked at each other like, holy crap, what's going on here? Yeah, this guy could win. Yeah, he could win. And so he goes from 290 to 315, um, which would have taken the win, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Because he was lighter mm-hmm. than Hulk. So he all, he had to lightest, do, yeah. Yeah, all he had to do was equal his total to win. And his first 315 got to about the knee, um, and then he missed it, which was a shame. Because off 290, I feel like I could have believed 315, absolutely. And then he had a second go, and it didn't really go anywhere. Um, so he ended up coming in in fourth. But he could just as easily have won. Um, and I guess what what that brings me to is the pro night concept. Um, what do you think of it? I think it's a good idea to bring people in to come and watch. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's always good to have like one, I guess, highlighted session where the best lifters lift. And it's sort of all good lifting. Mm-hmm. I mean, at Nationals, it should all be good lifting anyway. Yeah. 
Um, and the US, the US APL have done this with their prime time sessions. Yeah. But they seem to they seem to have a prime time session on each day of nationals. Right. And it's kind of the best, the best eight or ten or six or ten from each weight class, yeah. all competing in the same session. Whereas the way it was run with PA was, I think it was eleven lifters, one bench only, and 10, um, 10 three lift lifters, and they cut a few of the weight classes in half. We mentioned obviously Carl before, and we've mentioned yeah. the ninety fours now, and I think it kind of changed the way that the people who lifted before or afterwards could compete for the win. I guess. Yeah. Um, I agree. I think, like, I understand the incentive to have a ticketed competition. Um, and particularly one where you do get to showcase the talent that was there because there was some, like, everybody who lifted in the pro night was really good and lifted really well. Um, but I do think maybe in future having just either a standalone competition, which defeats the purpose of nationals, or having just a couple of weight classes showcased in the pro night would be best. Um, because to me, although Jason wasn't able to pull 315, it... Um, it was a shame that somebody who really was in the mix to win wasn't there next to the other people because I think it would have made it an even better competition had he been on the pro night. Yeah, and we saw this with the 72 females, which we'll get to later, but Selena Wilkie actually won the 72s and she wasn't in the pro night. Yeah. And there were two 72s in the pro night. Yeah, and I, I mean, I, I mean, imagine... It, it if, also gives them a little bit of an unfair advantage knowing the total they need before the competition starts as well versus yeah. having to play it as it comes. Yeah, totally. Like, if you knew you were good to deadlift X, then you could just titrate your squat and bench numbers, you know, and comfortably come in and win. Um, yeah, like, I'm sure Jason looked at his subtotal and, and did the maths and said, okay, I need 315 for the win. Yeah. I'm going to do it on my second and give myself two chances. Yeah. And, yeah, obviously it wasn't enough. Um, it was a little bit too much for him on the day, but it changes the way that the competition is run and I guess people forget that powerlifting is a competition and you are competing against the people who, who are in your weight class. So to not actually be in the same competition as them and say like, oh, I could have won but I wasn't there when you actually were just lifting the next day or something, it kind of doesn't really make a lot of sense. Yeah, and then let's flip it around and say that Jason had won. I'd have been really shitty if I was one fan. Like, I mean, he's the most relaxed guy in the world but... Imagine if he'd have thought, well, I could have just deadlifted two and a half kilos more. Like, I would have tried it. Yeah, exactly right. It's not really fair for... It's probably less fair for the people who lift first, I guess. Yeah, absolutely, because you lose the element of yeah. uncertainty. So I guess... I mean, we'll, we'll get to this later. Or do you want to continue talking about this? Well, why don't we continue talking about this, have a quick break, and then we can... Yeah, okay. So I think that the pro night should be maybe... Because it was only one group with a 20-minute uh, break after squats and after bench. Mm which made running warm-ups really, really fast. So I think what they should probably do if they're going to do this in the future is make it two groups, if they have enough time for that, yeah. two groups of 10 or two groups of eight, and um, like four and classes. yeah, make it four weight classes. Four, well, I mean, four or five lifters from the four most competitive weight classes, or right. even just the only four or five lifters from a given weight class. Like this comp would have been a no-brainer for the men's to have the 77s and 94s compete together. Yeah. And, and, then, the, and the 105s. Yeah, and then the 105s. And then for the women, um, the 72s. 72, is that correct? 72. Yeah, the and, 72s. And the 64s. Been, yeah, that would have been like a fantastic pro night comp where everybody could have been consolidated. And then they could throw in the lifters who lift on their own as well, the ones who are outstanding like Tony and Cameron and Wendy, which they did two out of those three. Yeah. Um, and Carl. 
So anyway, I think broadly, I thought it was a sick concept, but maybe just fixing those things would also make just the competition better. And it also preserves the integrity of nationals because <coughs> you want your national champion to be the absolute best person in that weight class under those conditions that time. That yeah, and it's not just the strongest person wins, it's the, the smartest coaching decisions and the, the, the person who executes the best because not, you know, not always the strongest person wins. No, exactly. Um, anyway, I think that's, that's the pro night cover. Why don't we have a break? Mm-hmm. We'll come back and do more classes. Welcome back, Weekly Weights. I'm Will, with me is Alex, and we're recapping Nationals. Um, who's on next? Um, this is Alex pulling a weight class out of his Houston Rockets hat. Houston Rockets being the official team of powerlifting Australia in the NBA. Lost today, unfortunately. Did they? Bugger. We have the 120 plus super heavyweight men. There was only one? No, there was two on the Sunday as well. Oh, okay. Um, so, well, I mean, the notable one we'll get to. Sorry, the notable one, that's slack. Um, tell us what happened. So Tony Ryan with um, new Australian record total of nine thirty, uh, with a five oh five Wilkes. He was the best male. Um, he absolutely smashed it. Eight out of nine lifts, three seventy squat, two thirty bench press, three twenty deadlift. Oh, sorry, nine twenty total. So I've the best story about <laughs> about this total. Um, he, so Wilkes is obviously overseas. To those of you who don't know, World Powerlifting's first World Championships were on um, at the same time as the Powerlifting Australia Nationals. So Wilkes is overseas, overseeing that. Um, he's Tony's coach. And he had said his top-end third attempt was 362.5 kilos. Tony opened at 340, which is characteristically heavy <laughs> for Wilkes. So 340-kilo opening squat jumps straight to 360. <laughs> 2.5 kilos below his planned third because daddy's away and then the kids get out to play. Yeah, Victor and Christoph calling the shots. Yeah, so uh, so Victor and Christoph have let him go to there and then straight to 370 because Wilkes can't do anything about it. And he smashed 370. It was yeah, such it was a better than his opener. Yeah, it was so good. Um, and I mean, I don't know. Uh, Tony missed at Worlds in 2016. He missed a squat, didn't he? I remember... Um, and I think he might have hurt his quad or something during it. No, no, that was, Ant- that was Anthony Krizna. Was it? Mm. I'm trying to think. Well, in that case, I don't think I've ever seen him miss a squat because I was wondering whether he goes from like fast to just missing. He or... missed one at the Expo. I believe he scored a 357.5 and it was on his second and it was really, really, really hard. Yeah. And they took a 2.5 jump, which you probably should have just scratched yeah. it. Yeah, I was going to say and scratch. he missed. Bugger. Um, yeah, so, well, 370 flew and it didn't like... There's no way I could have inferred how much more he could have squatted from 370, but it was really good. Yeah. Like, which is just yeah, a it's hard. Dropping. It's hard to say with with the big guys like that. Yeah. Um. Anyway, um. Good job him, and also good job Bonners, because I would have been so scared looking after that. Um. Benched 230. 230 is quite good. Um. Yep. Yeah, so bench 230, and then deadlifted 320, missed 330. Um. He missed 330 because he was kind of windmilling at the top. Is that right? I didn't see it. I, my memory's a bit shaky, but I feel like what happened is... He does the big bar roll. Yeah, he, he did the bar roll, and I think he got it to about mid-thigh, or like higher than mid-thigh, like right near lockout, and then the bar was sort of starting to spin away from him. Um, his underhand was like losing tension, and he was swinging away from his body and just couldn't control it. And so, you know, bar went down, lost the lift. I think that's what happened, but I'm not 100% on that. Um, 
Anyway, Tony, if that happened, tough luck. If it didn't happen, also tough luck because that's the, that's the best I can do for my recap. So other than him, we also had Dave Napper and Brock Cook. Um, Dave of Brisbane North Barbell, um, well-known dude in Australian powerlifting. Brock Cook with one of the blokiest names in powerlifting he's from, Australia. He's from Townsville. Brock Cook from Townsville. I can absolutely believe that. He just got married as well. Oh, congratulations. congrats, Brock. Um, yeah. I, I don't know what love is. <laughs> Alright, so yeah, Brock and Dave did well. What did they total? 750 and 725. So, I mean, yeah, like, Tony obliterated them, but that's not to take anything away from their achievements. Um, notable lifts in that, uh, well, Dave with uh, 275 deadlift, 295 squat, 250 bench press, really good. Um, Brock, what did, have I read that correctly? Yeah. No, um, you have not read that correctly. What did I miss? You said 250 bench press. What did I... How could I possibly... Oh, that was his opening deadlift. Yeah, that's a joke. Um, no, <laughs> that would have been really good. No, he benched 180, which is still good. Um, <laughs> oh, man, if you want me to coach and not read the scoreboard correctly, you can email will at willberkman.com. Um, anything could happen. You could bench 250. Um, Brock Cook did well, three or two and a half squat, um, missed his third bench press, which is a bummer, at 187.5. And he only got his opening deadlift, which is a shame because he was 25 kilos below Dave Napper. So had he had a bit more luck with his bench, he might have been able to pull to put himself into second, which would have been cool. He um, missed them both on grip, actually. Oh, really? Which sucks. Yeah, it does suck. He, um, uh, this was his first comp pulling conventional. Welcome. Welcome to the, the bright side, Mr. <laughs> Brock Cook. Yeah, but unfortunately, you have to hold the bar for long because your range isn't shortened by cheating. Mm. Yeah. Um. Anyway, I think while we're here, um, just because the scoreboard's on it, why don't we talk about um? I don't know how to say his name. Sane. 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 Um. Fatoa. Fatoa, who was our bench only lifter, he competed on the pro night as well. Um, benched two forty two, two forty seven and a half, and then missed two fifty. So two hundred forty seven and a half kilo bench press at one hundred and twenty kilos of body weight. Um, or 120.5 kilos of body weight. He really could have cut another half kilo. Yeah, he emailed saying that he wouldn't, wanted to go up a weight class like a few days before. Oh, okay. And maybe. he was only half a kilo over. Maybe he had a family dinner or something the night before. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, he, so he did pretty well. Tough luck on his third bench press. Um, yeah, he opened with the Australian record. Yeah. So really strong performance. And another thing that I really appreciated about him, um, in powerlifting, I consider it very good... Um, good sportsmanship to thank the referees after you compete um, no matter what you thought of them you should always shake their hands and say boo Brie <laughs> we're just going to shout out Brie every time on the podcast now no you should always shake their hand and say thank you because they're there facilitating you having a good competition Sane took that to a whole nother level and thanked all of the spotters after every single attempt um, which as a spotter I would have certainly appreciated because 250 is a lot to bench and then thank the referees as well at the end. So easily one of the nicest guys in powerlifting and with a huge bench. So congrats. He's a really nice guy. i got a funny story about him. Yeah. Last year at uh, Junior Nationals, he won best bench press at the bench nationals was on the same weekend. Yeah. And um, Robert was giving out all, all of the awards. Yeah. And um, everyone was just going up and going up and getting their awards. And then they called out... Um, called out his award for best bench press and he took the mic off of Robert and made a speech about about God and about um, <laughs> how he loves everyone in powerlifting all this kind of stuff it was great that's so good 
Um, yeah, so anyway, he did really well. Let's get another weight class going, I reckon. Um, the 100 kilo female class. So oh, this is a new weight plus class. Or no, under 100. Okay. So this is the this is a new weight class. Um, so this is the first the first 100 kilo national championship in a, the national champion in Australian history was Nolene Kingy from Melbourne Uni. Nolene, who calls me weekly weights. She, that's that's just how she referred to me at the banquet. Yeah, she actually put in a um a question for this podcast saying is has Will officially changed his name to Weekly Weights oh that was her yeah. okay that makes a lot more sense now I was like who's this guy or this girl I should say <laughs> um, okay yeah go on so this was uh, Nolene's first comp not in the super heavyweight class obviously the addition of the 100 kilo class was you know a great um, I guess weight for her to be at yeah she, there's quite a lot of girls who sit between that 84 and 100 range mm. anyway and there's very few who are above 100 mm. Yeah, um, she squatted two hundred, which is a little below her best at a super heavyweight. But she's lost a bit of weight to get down there. Um, she benched one hundred and then scratched a third, and deadlifted two hundred five and jumped to two twenty and missed very, very, very closely at lockout. Do you know why she went to two twenty? Was two hundred five easy, or was that for some type of record? Or I think to, I think she's been chasing two twenty for a long time. Right. Well, I mean, it's tough luck, Nolan. Um, good day though. 505 kilo total, 421 Wilkes, um, first by 75 kilos in a class, so really strong performance. We also had Nicole from Brisbane North Barbell um, with what were 145, 80, and 205, um, respectively. She had a tough day on bench, she missed two of her benches, um, deadlifted really well, um, but unfortunately not enough to close the gap with Nolene. Hannah from, what's IU? Iron Underground. Oh, yeah, of course. Iron Underground. Um, Mr. Opening Squat still went up, so it must have been a technicality. I didn't see this. Um, then 140 for a final squat. Benched 107.5, Mr. Third. Um, and Mr. Third deadlift as well. So, um, again, I'm not certain how that rates compared to her best performances, but came in third comfortably, but um, had 410 kilos on the total. And then we had... Um, is it Tanika Lee or Tanika Lee? Not sure. Not sure. Um, I'm going to say Tanika. Sorry if I get that wrong, um, just because my sister is Annika. Tanika. I would, have, I would have guessed Tanika. Okay, well, anyway, we're hedging our bets. It's one or the other. <laughs> Brisbane North Barbell, um, 1991, so you know, 27 years old. Still plenty of time in powerlifting. Again, misses a third squat. Um, misses a third deadlift as well. Came in with 367.5 kilo total, so came in fourth. Pretty good, like pretty decent spread of abilities across that class. I don't think it was ever in doubt that Nolene would win. Um, but yeah, good, like really good performance by her. And then a few people across the board who I'd say you could watch for sure because most of them were quite young. And pretty sure Nolene set the squat and deadlift and total record there as well. Oh, hectic. Oh, well, it's anyway. obviously new weight class to so all standards, but. Yeah. Well, yeah, from weekly weights, as in me the person, congratulations, Nolan. Um, and from weekly weights to the podcast. Also, congratulations, Nolan. <laughs> All right. Next weight class coming right up. Alex on shuffle. Um, Houston Rockets. <laughs> the 84 kilo females. 84, uh, they're up on the board. How good is that? Is there another one? I'll check. Um, tell us what happened. No, no, Nat Chu won. Okay, for sure. Cool. So the winner was from Melbourne Uni, Natalie Chu. And she totaled 450 um, with a 9 for 9 day. So 177.5 squat, 80 kilo bench, 
and 192.5 kilo deadlift. And in second behind her, 12.5, only 12.5 behind her was Alessandria or Sasha from Melbourne Uni also, who also went nine for nine. So good coaching, whoever was handling them. I believe it was Yanni. Top four. Oh, no, no, no. I was going to say top four went nine for nine, but Julia missed a bench. And in third was Julia from Brisbane North Barbell, who is really tall. Have you seen her? No. She's very tall. Um, who squatted 155, bench 85, and deadlifted 192.5. So three girls, all with deadlifts over 190, which is very impressive. Yeah, um, and also just a really good cluster there. So 432 being Julia's total, Natalie with 450 winning. Um, Julia also is young. She's 21 years old, so I presume she's somebody to keep an eye on for the next few years. And notable mention, Jess Green from NSPC, only two and a half behind a placing. Yeah, wow. Okay, and then who was next? Then Maddie Hart with 417 and a half. So again, 12 kilos below. And Maddie had a rough day at the office. Yeah, disappointing day. Only um, four out of nine lifts. Yeah, so she could well have scraped into a placing. So this was actually a really close competition. Um, definitely one worth reviewing if you do want to pull up the live stream and watch it. Um, that was in the Sunday afternoon session. Sunday afternoon. Yeah, that's correct. Um, we didn't watch that live. We got sushi, didn't we? But we Correct. watched it. You and Chrissy got the back end of it on the stream. Yeah, we watched some of the bench and um, fell asleep because bench. <laughs> I actually, <laughs> just to play into the memes, I did fall asleep in the audience during bench at one stage in this competition. It was a very long weekend for those of us who were social. That was while I was spotting and loading and I looked out in the crowd and Will was asleep and they did one of those little like, shudder shake like when you're falling and you're dreaming and, um, he woke, and he woke up I had no idea where I was for about five seconds and I was like this is a nightmare because there was bench press going on <laughs> and, then, and then I remembered I was there to watch my friends um, okay so anyway that's the 84 it's a really well contested class few people who are going to be around for quite a while so um, I think with this new 84 to 100 kilo split that's going to basically branch into two hyper competitive classes eventually because that's two areas we have a lot of talent so that's cool um, mm-hmm. next weight cool. class hey Oh, we should also mention Ning Chen and Hannah Top who rounded out the class. Oh yeah, so sorry. Fifth and sixth. Sorry, um, sixth and seventh. I think I think Hannah said she had a bit of a tough day. She only missed two lifts in reality, so um and this... her final deadlift would have put her in fourth as well, so Yeah. Um so I guess that's Yeah, gutsy jump there at the end to go from seventh to fourth. Yeah, I mean hundred percent worth it. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um so one thing that is good about competing at competitions like this is that placings actually really matter. So lifters are less inclined to just take a small PB, um, you know, when there's actually something tangible at stake. So good on um, Hannah for competing, I guess, in the spirit of competition, but no luck. Let's get our next weight class happening. The 64 kilo females. Um, they're not on the screen. I'll shuffle it. This was the... Probably th- most hotly contested class in the females, I would say, with all three of the top three lifters a legitimate chance at the win, uh, which is always good to see because the one who usually wins is the one who makes the most lifts and executes on the day, which is always what we want to see when we're watching powerlifting. Um, the 64 females competed in the pro night with a few of them competing that morning. So who competed that morning? So, Nairi from JPS, Danica Ross from um, Iron Strength in Cairns, Tara from Iron Underground, and Megan 
from Melbourne Uni Did and Brenda? Brenda from I think also Melbourne Uni yeah, I think those the top three definitely did the pro night. Yeah, so, so the top three were Tara, Shay, and Jess. The winner being Tara with a 450 kilo total, which equaled Shay's previous national total record. And that also gave Tara best female lifter in the competition. Yeah, so she had the she had 167 and a half squat, which was the is the equal squat record. So she doesn't get credit for it, but it's the equal. 197 and a half deadlift which is the equal but she doesn't get credit for it and 450 total which she also doesn't get credit for so she lifted equally the most in two of the disciplines and the total um, and 9 of 9 performance did did really really well so Tara's also coming back from injury is that correct I think Joey mentioned yeah. something so she hasn't um, competed since Oceana's last year in Singapore yep and um, yeah it was good to see her come back and have a really really great performance Yes, she did. Yeah, she absolutely killed it. So, congratulations, Tara. Um, Shay coming in second. Um, Shay, I know she PB'd her squat, um, and she made a post on Instagram about that, so that meant a lot to her, um, which is good. She had a couple of troubles on bench press. Um, I think initially getting a start command um, was the first problem because her elbows were bent at the top of her bench. Um, and then, um, was she having trouble getting her butt down, or was that somebody else? I'm not too sure what it was because I was in the warm area, so I couldn't hear oh, what that's it, right, okay, I couldn't hear what was being said. Um, look, she had a she had a tough day with bench. She still managed to actually pull together and make two bench presses, which had her firmly in contention. Um, and then her deadlift, she missed her final two. Um, again, tough day. I can't I can't honestly remember why she missed. I think she missed on strength, but I'm not certain. She did actually go up as well. Um, for her last deadlift that because that would yeah. yeah that was for the win so again respect for like, no it was for the lead yeah yeah it was for the lead it would have forced um, would have forced Tara to make no make, Tara went after her anyway yeah yeah that's what I mean she had to get it and then Tara would have had to get her deadlift yeah yeah correct yeah. Um, so it would have forced Tara to either either pull more or yeah she would have had to pull more to win because Shay weighed lighter that's correct Correct. Yeah. Um, so anyway, Shay pushing Tara right to the edge, and despite having her difficulties on bench, very nearly came away with a win. She won last year, didn't she? She did. So, um, but also to note, Jess Suisenko took a deadlift to put her in second before Shay as well. Uh, before Shay did her third attempt, which she missed also. Yeah. So. so she attempted 195 which would have equaled Shay's total but she would have been lighter so that would have put her in second but she missed so you can see a lot of a lot of the time at these close competitions the third attempt is often chosen for a placing or for some particular context so it's good to go back and um, watch if you want to watch the live stream of the, of the pro night how important attempt selection can be and um, when to take the right weights and that kind of, all that kind of stuff yeah I mean certainly in this competition it was like all three of them are really strong deadlifters. So, you know, the first six lifts are about building a subtotal and then positioning themselves for that pull, and it was really that close. So, anyway, really good competition. Um, worth checking out the Pro Night stream. Um, to have a look at that and to have a look at the top three 94s so far. Um, and also Tony. So, lots of really good lifting on the Pro Night. Um, next weight class, is there anything else really? Um, yeah, the, the fourth and fifth places were only separated by five kilos as well. So we see that Brenda had a pull which put her in the lead at the end from 
Yeah, from uh, Megan. So Brenda pulled to pit Megan, which actually put her in first, which was before the pro night started. Right, right, right. Yeah. So fourth and fifth decided by last deadlifts as well. Yeah. Um, anyway, good competition. Now let's go next class. Um, the 100 plus females. 100 so, well, there's one. Yeah, so we had one 100 plus female, which was... Bria Dijon. Bria Dijon from... Dijon or Dijon? Not too sure. From NSPC. So she's coached by Simon Bergner out of NSPC and she is only 16 years old. For all the guys out there who don't squat 200 kilos... Bria does she's 16 <laughs> yeah actually that's the heaviest squat by a female sub junior ever in powerlifting Australia isn't it mm-hmm. and it moved well is that right yeah it was nice it was really good so um, again that's a highlight so she, yeah, so she squatted 200 bench 100 deadlifted 182 and a half 9 for 9 day 482 kilo total yeah. and nearly a 400 wilks at um, 16 years old is very very impressive yeah so again when we talk about people to watch you can more or less pencil her in for the next like two decades unless she quits because that was really good and also she only weighed in at 106 so she's you know within range of getting down to the 100 class if she wants to be more competitive there and she's quite close to Noel, not what Nolene's total was so maybe that'll be a nice battle in the future yeah for sure um, alright next weight class that was nice and quick um, 77 kg men Oh, wow. This one's nice and quick. All right. Um, do you want to change the scoreboard? So 77kg men was... I like, I can't think of another weight class over the weekend that was as as closely competed. Contested. Contested is the word. Um, oh, there you go. You're correcting my vocabulary. Um, I'm learning something. Sure, that is a first. We're spending so much time together. It's rubbing off on him. Um, 77 kilo weight class. Most closely contested, at least men's weight class, probably across the whole event. Um, there was six people nominated who could easily have won um, just depending on how the dominoes fell um, we had the top three lifters eclipsing the previous national total record um, then fourth was two kilos below it fifth was two kilos below that and sixth was two kilos below the same that. the same oh same total that's right um, so unbelievably close competition despite or unbelievably I should say strong competition because despite how strong it was Sam Skepis from JPS, um, brother brother of Jacob, who we interviewed the other week. Younger brother. Younger brother. Um, took it away with a 697.5 kilo total um, at under 77 kilos. So that was 25 kilos above the previous national total record, which is just outrageous. Um, Sam setting a squat national record, taking it away immediately from my client, John Paul, who said it not long before. Um, so national squat record, national total record, unbelievable performance, nine for nine. Looks like he had a little bit in the tank. He's only 25 years old, so he'll be around for a while. Um, not quite nipping in his heels just because of the strength of that performance. Um, the placings went Alvin, Math, Matthew Tinson, um, Joe Zingini, JP Couchy, Chad, Odzi, and then we also had Sean Rendell competing the next day. Um, so we'll talk through that. I, I had the privilege, obviously, I was coaching JP. I also was handling Matt Tinson, who JP coaches. So I had this kind of semi-conflict of interest weird thing happening where, um, where I'm handling my client's client to try and beat my client um, while my client tells me what to give his client because it's his client and he wants his client to beat himself. It was weird. 
Uh, <laughs> all while I was also client. all while client. I was also hmm? client. Yeah, say client more. Also while I was coaching Alex and Ben Sellers in the opposite session, so it was a very busy day. Um, opposite group. Yeah, opposite group. God, that was a nightmare. Um, anyway, so Sam absolutely demolished it. He squatted two fifty five. Um, so his second attempt was two forty five. So at that juncture, um, what happened? So. Everybody went three for three on squats except for Matt Tinson. Matt Tinson attempted 252.5. His 242.5 kilo second attempt was okay. Um, I wanted to go 250, which was his previous best competition squat, which was actually done in the 83 kilo weight class. This was prior to the weight class change, I think. Was it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so he squatted 250 at 83. Wanted to try for 252. He was very keen on it. JP thought it might be there. So he gave it to him. Um, no luck. He barely missed it. But that ended up being a very consequential miss. Um, so he missed that. JP squatted 247.5. Everybody else was 3 for 3 and doing well. Into bench press, which Chad Odzi is notably incredibly good at. So Chad was actually your smoky for taking out this class, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, so Chad Odzi, who ended up coming 6th, benched 185 and missed 190, um, which had him at a 417.5 kilo subtotal, um, which is just ridiculously good um, but he was only two and a half kilos ahead of Sam Skepis at that stage because Sam had squatted so strongly and benched 160 himself is that correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so at that stage he knew that Chad wasn't going to win it um, because his deadlift isn't his strongest suit um, it's not bad by any means but not strong enough so anyway I'll just quickly cover Chad he missed 230 on his opening deadlift but went up to 250 which he made then went up to 265 so 265 would have actually taken him into second place um, so that yeah, 50 would have actually put him first no. because that was before oh yeah yeah but as in like it would have had him in first with Sam still to pull yeah um, but he missed that so anyway Chad's fallen by the wayside he's got 667.5 which is still an absurd total um, John Paul I'll cover John Paul at the end um, Joey Zingini he squatted 237.5, which was one of the great grinds of all time. Um, look up Protein and Chemicals on Instagram if you want to see that video. It was fantastic. I don't think he had 50 grams more. Um, bench 147.5, so he was 9 for 9 at that stage. And then he pulled 285 kilos. Now, the previous deadlift record was actually 286. So, yeah, so that's um, that's just to give you an idea of how good all of those numbers were. Um Joey also, because he was pulling 285, got to pull second last, um, second last in the group. So his 285 took him to um, fourth place, knowing that he would have had to pull 292 to actually jump into um, jump into third. So that was going to be a little bit of um, oh sorry, 290 to jump into third. So that was a little bit a little bit beyond him, but he pulled 285, did a really good job. Um, Matt Tinson. So Matt Tinson missed his 252 squat. This is why I say it was consequential. He benched 162 and a half, which is a PB. Um, did it really well, actually. His second was pretty shaky at 160, um, but he executed his third bench fantastically, so he got it. Um, then he went 250 and 270 on his deadlifts. I put in 275 kilos as his third, based on how 270 moved but he needed 277.5 to move him into second place. Um, And he gave it a red hot crack. He got very close to locking it out, but unfortunately it was just a little bit too much for him on the day. Um, 
So having missed that, that gave Joey the opportunity to then change his third deadlift and try and take himself past Matt. Um, had he made that, the placings would have been, he, Matt would have come second um, because Alvin had already pulled. Oh, no, he hadn't. No, he hadn't. Have I got that right? No, no, Alvin hadn't pulled. Sorry, but that would have taken him into second and forced Alvin into a bigger pull. So Alvin Lim, who I'll cover now, um, squatted 227, benched 170, um, so he's doing really well on subtotal. Alvin had had the prior deadlift record, so there's been sort of this like half kilo deadlift record um, battle going on in the 74s for ages where everybody just keeps chipping everybody. Alvin has held it, um, and he's known for making massive deadlift jumps and winning off the back of them. He did that at the expo earlier this year where I also coached him, um, or handled him, I should say. He wasn't my client, um, but that was, yeah, I handled him. Um, and anyway, he pulled 282 and a half. So that's, I think it's half a kilo. No, half a kilo less than his best deadlift, isn't it? No, that's the same. Same? Mm-hmm. That's what he pulled at the expo, right? Yeah, 282 and a half. Um, so Alvin made that 282 and a half kilo deadlift a 17 kilo jump to put himself into second, um, which is awesome. No, put him first. Put him first because... Sam hadn't gone yet. Sam, oh, that's right. Yeah, so that put a lot of pressure on Sam, but Sam executed really well, made his final deadlift and wins. John Paul Couchy, my client, um, 247.5 kilo squat, which was a national squat record until Sam came along and took it. Um, he was probably good for 252 from training, but when you set up an entire comp facility and coach all morning, it gets a little bit tired. 247 was what he had. Um, benched 132.5, which is an equal PB. Again, a couple of kilos less than what we might have hoped for. He had a 380 kilo subtotal, so he had some ground to make up. Shout out to Simon Bergner, who at this stage um, drew out a massive graph on the back of an attempt card with all the possible attempts of all the possible lifters in contention and what JP would need to deadlift to beat them. Um, Deadlifted 267.5 kilos, then 285. 285 was kind of trash. Um, in training, we might have thought JP could pull slightly over 300, or at 300 at least. Um, 285 was really tough, though. So at that stage, he had the choice of going up 2.5 kilos to, to secure fifth, and, you know, or it would have been, yeah, 2.5 kilos to secure fifth, um, but he would have needed um, more to, he would have needed to go up to 292.5 kilos because Joey was lighter than him to move into fourth and he would have had to go to 302.5 to get to third and then by the time it was second and first it was way, way too much on the day. So we just chose the happy day outcome which was deadlifting about what I thought he had. As it happened, he pulled 288 really well for deadlift record. Um, he said after the fact that his hands felt like they were opening on 288 but you can't see it on film, it looked good. So um, anyway, he totaled 667.5 kilos. Every single lifter in that top six had a Wilkes of over 467, which is just like outrageously good. Um, so that was, that was a really, really well contested competition and there were very few missed lifts as well. So it really was game on the whole time there, it was great. Um, I think it'd be remiss not to mention Sean um, Sean was coached by Cam McKenzie. I'm not sure if he's one of Cam's online clients. No, I think he trains with him in, in the gym, yeah. Yeah, um, squatted 210, um, bench 140 and missed his second and third, um, I think, on strength. And then he deadlifted very strongly and pulled 245. Um, 
had a 595 kilo total, which anywhere else would be considered very creditable. It just so happened that this class was incredibly good, so it fell behind a little bit. But yeah, really great weight class, um, really worth checking out. And again, congratulations to Sam Skeppis for taking out an incredible class for the lead and placings were changing all the way through last deadlift, so that was cool. It was cool. Um, I was um, lifting while the whole competition was going on and when I finished my deadlifts, their deadlift started. So then I kind of snuck around the back and did all the maths and was trying to figure out and it was very interesting. Um, there was like a thousand people over at the um, monitor with attempt cards and pens doing maths. Yeah, I did the tactical stand too close to the monitor a few times just to mess with people. So no one can see it. Yeah, and obviously my shoulders are very broad. So, so when I get nice and close to the monitor, it really obscures it. All right, that's enough about you. Next class. <laughs> Next class. Uh, the 120 kilo males. Um, under 120? Yes, we've already done the supers. Oh, yes, we have. So the um, under 120s, I believe there was two lifters. Correct. Yes, it was Cam McKenzie and David James. So Cam lifted on the pro night, totaled 865. Yeah, 865 for 497.5. 497 Wilkes, which is a little bit below his best. Um, he squatted 320, bench 200, and deadlifted 345. So massive numbers there, and he's always great to watch. Always puts big weights on the bar at the end on his deadlifts. Um, not lifting in the pro night was David James, who lifted on the Sunday morning. He's the 105 kilo champ from last year. Was he 105 last year or 120? 105 last year. Okay. Um, and he was the one who missed 260, missed 280, and then pulled 312.5 for the win. You remember that story? Oh, yeah, that's the best. Um, yeah. That's coming out on the next weekly weights, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. So David had a great day, 9 for 9, 280, 150, and 307.5 for 737.5. But obviously a mile behind Cameron, um, and I guess that's why they split them up. Yeah. I mean, Cameron, having previously been the first Aussie bloke to Wilkes over 500, is you know like inarguably one of our best male lifters so um, you know despite a very strong performance from David it was always expected that Cam would smash that class um, Cam did lift a little bit below his best he's deadlifted what 365 363 363 and his 345 was by no means easy so he wasn't sandbagging um, has he's cut down to the 120s is that correct or not? no no um, well, I'd be curious I'd be curious why. I mean, it's not to say he had a bad performance at all, but I'd, I'd be curious, um, you know, what's going on there or whether he's whether he just sort of came in and lifted what he knew he had to. Potentially, he got a little bit extra tired from missing that squat. Yeah, true. Um, he attempted 327.5 on his third, so that was the only lift that he missed on the day, and maybe that, maybe that took it out of him a little bit. Um, he did tell me a few times that he was tired out the back and asked me for caffeine pills, which I gave him a few caffeine pills. Yeah, you do love... Actually, that oh, that's one thing we forgot to mention in the 85s is your silly ammonia episode. Oh, so, yeah. So Alex <laughs> loves ammonia. Only for deadlifts. Only for deadlifts. Um, but he asked me at least 10 times whether I had any ammonia. The answer was yes from numbers 2 through 10. Um, anyway, he, he has his ammonia cap before every attempt. And before his first, he was so excited to get on the platform. He had it sitting behind his ear ready to take when they said bar loaded. So excited, he forgot about it, and so he walked up on <laughs> walked up on stage and pulled his deadlift, and it looked like he had a doobie tucked behind his ear. <laughs> and, and so, if you're getting screenshots from the live stream, all these people thinking Alex Alex was you know chilling out out the back doing that, 
Um, York Stanham got into him afterwards, but then afterwards you did end up taking your ammonia. Yeah, I did. Yeah, um, wasn't much help on that third deadlift though, was it? <laughs> no. no. Oh well, uh, too bad. <laughs> okay. Anyway, congratulations, Cam McKenzie. Next weight class. The fifty-eight kilo females. Oh yeah. Okay. What happened there? Can't remember. So the first and second were, and third were our friends, Juliana Nanetti was first. Christina Daskalopoulos was second. And she's just walked in the door. We're just talking about you. Do you want to give us some competitive insight? Just <laughs> she said she wants to listen. Do you want to come on the podcast? Do you want to steal my mic? Alright. Um, you got to come, and, come uh, get close to me. Third was Angela Perry from Paragon. Mm-hmm. Um, it was pretty clear once Bench had finished that it was a two-horse race. And then as soon as Deadlift started, it was a one-horse race. Yeah. Um, so as of opening, as of opening deadlifts, had Jules just um, completely gone to shit and missed her final two, Chrissy could have actually pipped her at the post. Because Jules on subtotal had two hundred and seventeen and a half, and Chrissy had two fifteen, but Jules had opened her deadlifts twelve and a half kilos ahead of Chrissy. Um, Chrissy's prior best pull being one fifty two, um, Jules opening at one fifty two. So, so Chrissy would have had to pull one fifty five to beat Jules had Jules missed her second and third deadlift but then Jules ended up making both having a really good day um, and coming away with the win a well-deserved one so this is now Jules's third competition in a row where she's gone 9 for 9 and PB'd which is awesome um, she squatted 135 kilos that's her first squat PB in about 26 months she's been sort of battling some I would say mental demons on her squat she's been really struggling um, with heavier weights for a while despite her squat looking really good but she did a fantastic job of 135 coming back from a second that was a little bit tough but well executed benched 82.5 kilos um, which was really good and then she what did she deadlift 175 in the end which is again like fan, like fantastic pull three red plates um, at a 58 kilos is really impressive um, Chrissy when 122, 130, missed 135 on her final squat. Prior best squat was 132.5. The strength wasn't there for 135 on the day. Chrissy, do you want to just give any comment about how you felt at that point? About my squat or about... Oh, yeah. I mean, about anything, but say your squat <laughs> specifically. Um, I don't really know what happened. I got quite nervous. My third squat felt really heavy when I walked it out. Um... I don't know, maybe I already kind of knew in my head that I didn't have it, but I definitely got in my head a little bit. Um, and I guess my main focus from there on was just to try and not let that miss rule my day. Um, and I managed to not cry, which is a big deal. That's me. unusual. <laughs> yeah. That's a life PB. Um, actually, a good question while we do have a competitor here that's not Alex. Um, how does the atmosphere of nationals um, differ from competing in a local competition? Like, what types of pressures do the competitors face that are maybe a bit unusual? Um, I think the main difference is that when you're at a local comp, you're actually down on the floor with everyone. A lot of the time, it might be at a gym that you've trained at before. Um, you probably see a lot of people in the crowd that you know, um, maybe friends and family. I guess the main difference I found at this comp was, first of all, you're up on a stage, um, which immediately just separates you from everyone else um, and makes it all a little bit more scary. Um, And the second thing is that we travelled for this comp um, 
and it meant that not everyone in the crowd was people that I knew. Um, there was lots of different people just milling about at the expo. Um, that kind of makes it all a little bit more scary. And I guess the fact that it was nationals, um, I guess I tried not to let that get to me in the lead up, but on the day I think it did. It was just a little bit scarier, I guess. So, Chrissy, you lifted at the expo early this year. How much different was nationals at an expo versus just a local comp at an expo? Like, was there any differences there? It actually was, even though the setup was exactly the same. It just felt different. It felt scarier. Is that because the lifters out the back were better or...? I actually can't. I don't really know. The light, there was heaps of lights. There was lights um, at this one. It felt like I was on a stage and everyone was looking at me. Something I got you, stage fright. <laughs> something you haven't mentioned that surprises me because I know you like to take nice breaks in training is the speed of the competitions. There were seven people in your group when you were going through. Um, how did that sort of greater, I guess, the speed at which you were going through your lifts affect you? Um, I don't think I really notice it that much on comp day because if anything, it's actually good that it goes faster um, because of the nerves and everything. But I don't notice it too much. I don't think that had a poor effect on my performance. Um, if it was any faster, it might have, but I think it's more just that uh, I'm ready to sort of get up there and get it done on comp day. And what about um, what about the relationship between Jules and yourself? Obviously, you're used to Jules training on the platform next to you um, when you come see me at lift. Um, how was it being out the back and watching each other's, each other's lifts? Like, did it feel like a, a rivalry or a friendly competition or what? You know, what was going through your head when you were seeing her you know, making PBs? Um, I definitely don't see it as a rivalry. Um, Jules is a pretty good friend um, who's actually introduced me through you guys. Um, but no, I, I just wanted her to do well, to be honest. I never really saw it as, oh, it's me going up against Jules. I knew she probably had it in the bag regardless, but even so, even if it, we were going head to head and it was a bit closer, I would never want her to do poorly. Um, I always wanted her to do well and it was really nice to see her have such a good day. Um, and also overcome some, some demons with her squat. Cause I know it's something that she struggles with quite a lot and she, she performed really, really well. It was very inspiring for me. Cool. Um, right, thanks, Chrissy, for your insight. That was actually entirely unplanned. Um, but yeah, I guess you make your own luck. What's the next one? <laughs> she, was just, she was just. She was definitely she was standing at the door lurking. <laughs> yeah. Listening out for her name, just waiting, and she just burst in. Can we talk about yeah. me? What, <laughs> what are my coach and boyfriend going to tell their listeners that they won't tell me? <laughs> yeah, we were way nicer to you just then because you were in here. You guys Yeah, who's up there? Uh, the 72 kilo females. Is this the last weight class? No, there's a few more, but Chrissy's sitting on them. Oh, oh, right. Okay. Oh, oh, no. oh, no. We'll just do them all again. Well done, man. Yeah, 72 females. Oh, no. I just touched this. Okay, who won? Selena Wilkie won. Um, she pulled for the win. And she actually, I mentioned this earlier, lifted the day after the pro night. So the top two lifted on the pro night. The, what what we thought would be the top two listed on the pro night mm-hmm. which was um, Susanna and Isabella mm-hmm. and they ended up finishing second and third um, and this was a very 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 close competition fourth place had the same total as third place which was decided by body weight second place and first place same total decided by body weight so yeah this was a really good competition Selena was the junior champion is that correct? No, uh, Steph Lara is the junior champion, but Selena uh, is the junior total record holder. 
So was Selena at Junior Nationals? She wasn't, no. Okay, that makes sense. Um, that's right. Yeah, Steph is the Junior Champion. Um, yeah, Selena weighed in at 68 as well, so has heaps of room to grow into the class. Um, she went... Am I reading the correct line? She 165. 165, 85. 185. Then 185. Um, for a 435 kilo total, is that correct? That's correct. Yeah. Um, probably the really notable lift in this weight class, at least for me, probably because I just like deadlifts, was um, Steph Lara pulling 200 kilos um, for a third deadlift, which was really good. Um, like as in good to watch incredible but also really good in that she probably had a tiny bit more um, had she gone for 202 and a half kilos that would have moved her into third place is that correct that's correct um, it's a shame she didn't so I know Matt Bartholomew was coaching her on the day and he put in 215 um, as the third attempt and I was really excited because that's what she needed for the win yeah so the idea was she put in 215 um, I think Selena was pulling before her, and if Selena got 177, then Steph would have needed 215. If she missed 177, they could have dropped it to 210. You're looking at the wrong line. It's 185. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Um, but same numbers. Had she missed 185, they could have dropped Steph's attempt to 210, which would have been for the win. Is that correct? Maths-wise? Yeah, that's correct. No, because... Yeah, because she, she had 180. Was, as she was 15 behind, so she would have needed two and a half more because she was heavier. So, what, 2.12? If Selena missed, she would have needed 2.12 for the win. If Selena got her, she would have needed 2.17.5 for the win. Oh, okay. Well, my maths was bad on the day. I thought that was the exact maths. But point is, um, I was really hoping she'd just completely YOLO and try for it because her 200 was incredible, and I still don't know what she can deadlift. Um, yeah, it's a bit of a mystery. Probably not 2.12, to be honest, but, like, I would give her... 2.05 to 2.07. Yeah, 2.05 to 2.07. But it would have been sick to see her try. Anyway, as it was... 200 um so she ties on ties on total loses on body weight to um isabella thompson from melbourne uni um who missed her opening squat which is always a confidence shaker but then um, made her next two or it's one from three on bench and then missed her third deadlift as well so she really could that was that was for the win too that was to put her in the lead on the pro night oh that's right um so she this was a really good weight class isabella could just as easily have ended up coming first as third yeah, um, all four girls could have won. And then Susanna Ianella. Am I saying that right or is it Ianella? I think it's Ianella. Um, This is her second comp, is that correct? Yes. Um, and she had what looks like a pretty good performance on paper. She missed her second squat and then t- retook, <coughs> retook it and made it. Um, deadlifted really strongly, 177.5, total 435. So ended up losing to Selena on body weight. This is another example of where having the pro night separated from the main event is a bit of a shame because I can't actually remember Susanna's third deadlift, but I wonder if they had been competing in the same session, what would have happened? I remember it. it yeah. It's pretty good. Sorry, Christy will tell us. Uh, Susanna's last deadlift was good. She, I reckon she probably had another two and a half, maybe, um, but it wasn't the easiest, um, but she probably had another two and a half. I would say. Um, you but have to repeat that because I accidentally muted you. <laughs> so you were saying it was good. I said Susanna's last deadlift was good. I reckon she probably had another two and a half. Um, but I think there were there were good attempt selections regardless. I think that maybe if she hadn't um, missed her second squat, things might have yeah moved a little differently. But aside from that, she had a really good day. I mean, they took that five kilo jump from her second to push. Um, Isabella as far as they could which was obviously far enough that she missed her third 
Mm. Her last deadlift. Yeah. yeah, that was that was very close though. Yeah, but it, if it was two and a half less, she might she have would got have it. made it. Um, yeah, maybe. But it's a shame that Selena wasn't and Steph weren't lifting in the same um, session as them because it might the attempts might have been completely different. Yeah, very much so. I agree with the with the separation of the pro night. I think that it would have been much more exciting if it was all together. But at the same time, it was good to go into that night knowing that. Like, here, here they are, here's the Pro Nights, Australia's best, and you know that you're getting, I guess, some good lifting action. I guess in some instances it wasn't Australia's best because... Well, there were so many good people on other days as well. Yeah. Like Jules, for example. Yeah. She could have very well lifted on the Pro Night. Mm. Um, anyway, so as it happened, that was a very close competition, and I guess probably if there's like a lesson to lifters from there it's again that at this level of competition it really is important to make lifts um because the people who tend to go into those like the people who go into those deadlifts with the best subtotal um tend to be the people who have the most tactical options and it's always better to sort of have i guess the initiative when you're going into your final pulls to be able to say what do i have to deadlift to make them deadlift more than i think they can um, Chrissy has her hand did you up. Say, Will, did you say it was important to make lifts? Yeah. Instead of missing them? Yeah. It's, you would never <laughs> believe it, but um, yeah, as it happens, yeah. Chrissy. Just a note on the point that you've just made, Will, um, is that well, uh, Selena Wilkie, she actually missed quite a few lifts. She missed four lifts. Uh, what was it? A third squat second and third bench and her opening deadlift and she still came first so that might be i guess an exception to your rule but would be very interesting to see if they had have taken different attempts on the day whether she would have been capable of much more or whether it was just poor attempt selection i guess when it came down to it with her she made them when they mattered which was the last one yeah for sure and i think um and again but she had that she had that advantage i should say from um from pulling later or from de- competing later in general. I think the, um, yeah, Chrissy's point is a good one, but there are a lot of people that we could probably look at across nationals who missed a couple of missed a couple of lifts that in hindsight you would think, oh, if you'd taken two and a half kilos less instead of reaching, then your total would have been better. And for, for a class like, um, a good example might be the 77 kilo men's. You know, it's easy to do hypotheticals. Um, but for, you know, say a lifter like Matt Tinson, who was very close, um, had he taken a 250 kilo third squat and made it, then, you know, who knows what would have happened after that? Because suddenly, he's, you know, Sam Skeppis has somebody breathing down his neck. He might have gone even more conservatively on his deadlifts, um, you know, to try and make sure he made his third one, which would have given Alvin, or not Alvin, which would have given Tinson a chance to win. Or, you know, maybe he would have pushed himself to try and extend his lead and then missed a lift. Like, you never know. And so when you're in a true competition with people who are very close, it is really important to make your lifts because it builds your total, but it also keeps the pressure on your competitors and it forces them to make decisions that are hard. So, yeah. Yeah, powerlifting at this level is more about throwing away the competition plan and playing what's in front of you. Yeah. And we spoke about this a little a little bit with JP on Friday night, which the episode will go up next week. Um, yeah, you don't need to look at your comp plan if you can see it happening in front of you. Like, you call your second base on the third or base on the scoreboard and yeah. stuff like that. So it's kind of a little bit different coaching at a nationals versus coaching at a local meet when there's so much up for, for grabs. Yeah, agreed entirely. Um, let's move on because we've got a couple more weight classes to knock off and this is probably going to be our longest episode. Um, can we take a quick break? Yes. Quick break. Bye-bye.
Weights. Okay, we're back on Weekly Weights. Will, Alex, and our guest host, Chrissy. And we're finishing our wrap-up of Powerlifting Australia's Nationals with the 105-kilo men's class, which was another another really good one. Um, yeah, really happened? good class. Um, the winner was Nikolai Cushing from Strength Sports Gym in Brisbane, beating out his friend, very good friend and dance floor partner, Will Phillips. <laughs> also from Strength Sports Gym in Brisbane. Um, his last deadlift was actually for the win, for the deadlift record, and for the total record. So, yeah, very, very... Good class, the top three all totaling over 770. So I want to, um, you were spotting a load injury this one, weren't you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I was in the audience and watching this very carefully um, because I knew it was going to be a good class. So I'm going to talk about the top two lifters before we cover anybody else. Um, so we had Will and Nikolai who are both very strong squatters. Um, Nikolai had 10 kilos ahead on Will at the end of squats. So Nikolai squatting 280, Will squatted 270. And then Will Phillips is a very well-known good bench presser, but he actually missed his first and his second bench presses, not because he didn't have the strength, but because his butt was lifting. So he opened at 187, went to 197.5 kilos, um, and then he ended up doing 197.5 kilos, more or less flat-backed to stop his butt lifting, and he still looked like he probably could have got another couple of kilos out on that one. So that's really impressive. But that, for him, was a really crucial miss. Because Nikolai only benched 165, he missed his next two, and had Will made, you know, 197 and then maybe 202, things could have been very differently. Will was ahead 22 and a half kilos on subtotal, um, and Nikolai actually opened his deadlifts exactly 20 kilos ahead of Will. So I was I was talking to a couple of people about this in the audience. What that meant was, after first deadlifts. Nikolai opening with 315 and Will opening with 295. Will would have had a two and a half kilo lead on Nikolai and weighed in lighter. So Nikolai would have um, would have had to basically pull five kilos more than the interval Will jumped. Um, Will went from 295 to 310 and Nikolai went to 335, which put him in the lead, right? So Nikolai's now pulling 25 more than Will, which was what he had to do to take the lead. They both made those lifts, but when Will was walking off stage after 310, he looked like he was more or less passing out. And I think, was it, was Cam McKenzie the one who was like catching him and helping him or his coach? There was somebody side stage was basically like helping drag Will around the corner because he was a mess after 310. Um, I don't remember that. Yeah, he, man, he full on like... too busy loading fucking seven reds for Nikolai. Yeah, it was I stupid. Remember. I remember seeing the jump from 310 to 315 and thinking that was a really small jump from second to third for him. So that I guess that explains that because I, I didn't see what you're mentioning either. Well, he took the five-kilo jump to take the lead back. Yeah, well, the thing is, if he'd taken 312 and a half, he would have actually technically been in the lead and forced Nikolai to just make a third pull. Um, that, so he, yeah, so JP and I were watching this together and I was like, crap, if I was Will after having missed that, like not missed having passed out basically after 310 i'd have gone for 312 and a half 315 jp said he'd have definitely put in 312 and a half um and he went to 315 and he ended up making it it was really good so i don't know how he pulled himself together but then from that 315 nikolai actually needed 340 for the win and so when he put in 342 and a half i was genuinely pissed off <laughs> i spoke to nikolai about this at the banquet because i was i was so anxious for him um 342 and a half kilos was two and a half kilos more than he needed to win 
And his best deadlift at the competition at the expo, which was a deadlift only, was 345. Is that correct, Alex? 335. He did 345, but lost balance at the top. Oh, yeah. That's right. So I really felt like he was playing with fire, but he ended up pulling 342 and a half, like incredibly solidly. Um, so proving me wrong. Congratulations, Nikolai. Taking the win um, in a really good battle, but that was only decided on his last deadlift because if he had missed that, Will Phillips would have come through and won despite having had his difficulties on bench. So again, this is a really good exemplar of why making lifts early really matters because had Nikolai made his second bench press, he probably would have been home and hosed or had Will made you know his first two bench presses instead of missing on those technicalities, he would have been able to reach a little bit more and really push Nikolai. So that was, that was a really good competition between two good friends and it was some of the best watching out there. Also, shout out Nikolai for having literally the biggest legs I think I've ever seen in my life. He's a horse. <laughs> he's a, he a scallion. Everyone backstage was looking at those legs. Ken confirmed. I was staring at his ass when I was back. Yeah, even the boys. It was huge. Um, so anyway, good job, Nikolai. Um, below them, though, we actually had a few other really good lifters who were only overshadowed by virtue of how good um, those two were. So Michael Rand, uh, Rand I should say, um, he's young. How old's Michael? His age isn't up there, but I'm pretty sure he was a junior last year. Yeah, so, he, I mean, he did really well. 280, 175. He's a strong deadlifter. He pulled 315. Totaled 770. Nine for nine, uh, nine for nine day. Good job. Um, he'll be really competing in the next few years, I think, for the win. And speaking of somebody else who's young and also going to be very competitive is Jackson Miles. Um, Jackson squatting 257, missing 265. Benching 187.5 and deadlifting 290 or 307.5 kilos, I should say, for a 752.5 kilo total. Jackson, having had some injuries and niggles in the lead into this comp, um, still putting up a really solid total. Um, so, again, keen to see what's going to happen next year from him. Yeah, he won junior nationals in August um, and got invited to open nationals after that. Um, had a few, yeah, had a few niggles leading into the prep, wasn't able to put together a PB total but he wasn't really phased by that it was more of an experience thing for him yeah um, and yeah I think he has two more years as a junior so I'm pretty sure he's only 21 yeah I think so and his best total is 762.5 which is fucking massive yeah so really good Um, and then we, is it Blaine Cullen is that correct Kane Kane Cullen and Craig Allen um, rounding out the group so Kane um, missed his third squat he squatted 242.5 Missed his third bench, he's benched 187.5, and missed his third deadlift, he deadlifted 287.5. So a 717.5 kilo total on a six for nine day. Um, had he made all his lifts, he would have had another 12 and a half, five, so 17 and a half, another 27 and a half kilos on the total, which still wouldn't have been quite enough to eclipse Jackson, um, but creditable lifting. And then Craig Allen, who is a mate of Alex's and mine, um, the incredible bulk on Instagram because he's gone up from being like an 83 or something not long ago to being huge 105. Um, and he also seems to be growing more and more facial hair the bigger he gets, eh? He beat me in a skull off on Sunday night. He, Man. He smashed, a, he smashed a schooner in like two seconds. Yeah, that impressive. guy knows how to skull, like hectic sculling. Um, but unfortunately, he wasn't as good at lifting as he was at sculling that weekend. He had a tough day. Um, well, he got he got a little bit unlucky on his um, second squat. Did you see what happened there? Um, what happened? Oh, before the squat command, he was got that it? told to re- replace the bar mm-hmm. because the side referees um, had their hands up because he wasn't quite standing up straight. 
Um, and then Joey and I were spotting and we were going to go grab him and put him in, but he thought that the referee said squat. So he started descending down and then he stood up and got reds. So like kind of a unlucky wasted attempt there and then took a small jump and missed on strength on the last one. Yeah, he actually, he fell back, fell backwards on his last squat, like uh, as in his weight shifted way to his heels, which is very unlike him. He's He's got sort of like the elevator squat, like he goes down very slowly and then he just stands up like... Like he's got pistons yeah, on his legs. So his third attempt was 275, which I believe he'd done in training. Yeah, um, yeah, he had. Third bench was 185, which was successful, but I believe he'd done 190 in training. Yeah, um, and then was unsuccessful at the magic number 285. Which is funny because he's pulled 290. Yeah, he did say he was just feeling a bit rough and didn't have his best day. Underwhelming day from Craig, but good on the beers afterwards. Yeah, really good on the beers. Um. Also likes a novelty shot. Um, when we went to that club on Sunday night, he was he was having all sorts of weird shots and things with us as well. He's a good man. Um, anyway, good on you, Craig. Um, yeah, uh, that's weird. Um, I don't know. Classic Novocastrian, just you know, not cultured enough to enjoy fireball apple juice. <laughs> all right, so that rounds out all of the weight classes. Um, we have covered who won best lifter. Um, there were two other awards that are worth talking about, um, which I think we'll just rattle off quickly. There was a best male and best female team. So depending on which clubs um, nominated, what was best female team? Best female team was Melbourne Uni. Yeah. Um, and best male team was JPS. Yeah. Um, JPS having obviously a number of the strongest lifters there, and Melbourne Uni just really strongly represented across the board. I think that a, a huge number of lifters. Um, so anyway, it was a really good competition. Again, my big takeaways from it are basically like make your lifts. Um, yeah. Have good technique and make your lifts, hey? Yeah. Like we've been um, saying that since episode one. Yeah. I mean, if you if you go nine for nine and lift the most you can, you can't do better. It's true. True. Um, all right. Few miscellaneous questions. So from Buckets 1989, a.k.a. Tony Reinmuth, Big Tony, asked... like a bucket? I reckon that's because he's a baller. <laughs> I, can't see, I, can't, I can't see him having enough of him between his legs. He's a little ball between his legs. Oh, he'd be unreal under the basket, though, surely. Like just, yeah, but, like, just put your arms out to the side. No one's ever taking a layup. He could just stand at the three-point and block the court. He's so broad. Um, anyway, Tony asks, how is the sport evolving? And I don't know that much is actually changing about powerlifting, per se, but as a like as a community, definitely something that I've noticed in the past five years or so that I've actually been competing is just the quality improvement that we're seeing in the sport. And I mean, again, the men's 77 class is a great example of this where there was yeah six lifters who all could have won it. Um, you know, you look across the board and the top three lifters are just like worlds away better than the top three lifters in any class would have been five ten years ago so just participation increasing has brought up the level of talent enormously and because there are so many good powerlifting clubs and good powerlifting coaches now across australia it's making the sport accessible to people who would otherwise maybe have been maybe have been talented but directionless chrissy has something to add um i think there's a lot more females in the sport now as well i mean i haven't been in the sport for very long but from what i can gather at local comps especially there is a lot more female participation am i correct yeah, yeah. when i first when started i, first I remember, started, the, I remember the, first the first competition i did was split up into two sessions, two sessions. 
and there were 12 females and eight males in the first in the first session and the second session of the day was 30 males so it was 38 males to 12 females and nowadays pretty much every local club I go to is either 50-50 or there's even more females than males I agree I see a lot of 50-50 comps like one session of females and one session of males which is awesome it's really good like it. Yeah, it's definitely, yeah, it's definitely gone, from, gone being from being maybe, maybe a, little a little bit intimidating for females, females to get into the sport to, sport to actually the opposite and actually really inviting for females to enter the sport because there's more female coaches who are bringing, bringing, in, bringing in more and more females into it. And I think that's also reflected in just the quality of competition as well because I think in years gone by, in particularly in the female classes, there'd be one or two outstanding lifters and then a whole bunch of people who were quite good. Um, bringing up the rear whereas now like, the amount of classes that we quoted there where heaps of people could have won and everybody's wilksing you know in the mid 400s like looking really really good is reflective of that it's just yeah the sheer talent pool is growing so much um, we had two people asking about um, this was Marcus Whitley and Gava Gray I'm not not sure his actual name I'm sorry um, they were asking how much of a difference we thought the changes in weight classes made um, Alex is somebody who weighed in on at 85.0 in the new 85 kilo class. How much of a difference do you think it made to you? Um, I think um, it I think did it make did a big make difference to me, to me just being just able to eat more food, food in the prep, in the prep. And, I guess, and I guess sort of guess fuel sort of training and recovery and all that kind of stuff. Kind of but, stuff. but I think if you, if look, you at, look at, in particular, the 69 to 77 class in the, in the males, males um, um, the total records were eclipsed by heaps. Probably... Partly due, partly due to the gain in body gain weight. Body and weight. the lighter class has got a bigger, bigger boost in body weight. Body weight. And it definitely, it definitely made, made more of a difference to the males, males because, because the lighter, lighter male, male class has got, got a, a bigger bump bigger up in, bump in kilos. kilos. Yeah. yeah, and I think that also, that just boosted the quality of competition as well, just because there was you know more people are going to compete at 69 kilos for men by a long way than 66. It just, it gives you a lot more wiggle I do think there are some negatives to the increase though, especially for those lighter male classes. Will and I talk a lot about when you're young and lifting, you should be always trying to go up in body weight. You're trying to build mass and everything. And if you were previously in the 74 class and cutting to make 74, and now all of a sudden you have three extra kilos, you think it's probably a good idea to stay, when in reality it's probably not. You probably should continue going up anyway. Sure, but it probably does also preserve the amount of time at which you could stay competitive in that same class. I mean, Chrissy, how much... back from going up for longer, where they should be going up anyway. True. How much do you think the extra kilo in the 57 to now 58 kilo class mattered to you? Mm, actually, not that much. Um, <laughs> I was like, yay. I think like, I think for me personally, it was an excuse to eat more in the off season, which obviously helped my training in the lead up. Um, I ended up weighing in at exactly the same as I did on my last comp, which was sort of an accidental overweight. Um, but it, I didn't make that much of a difference to me. I think if you asked Jules, she'd answer the same way because she was still struggling to make weight a little bit. Um, and, yeah, a kilo, like, you think it's a big difference, but I didn't find that it was. So I think, I think the biggest difference, and this is like we've said at the light end, is just observed at the tails because, again, we were saying how the 84 and 100 kilo women's classes, is, or is it 85 and 100 kilo? 84 and 100, 84 and 100 kilo women's classes were now two separate really competitive events as opposed to one um, or one and supers so I, you know at the tails I think it makes a difference in the middle probably doesn't make a huge one but certainly the nationals are very competitive and at least part of that could be attributed to the weight classes 
um, squat, like spelled S K W double A T underscore monster. Alex from, I think he's from Canberra. Yeah, he's um, Megan Hinchley's lifter. Okay, well, what up, Alex? He says, was it fair to have the same category lifters in different sessions? We've covered that. I don't think so. Um, James Dudley, my client. Shout out, James, competing this weekend. This will come out two days before we compete. Do me proud and PB everything, please, or else you dropped. Um, he asks notable lifts, people that represent the heart and spirit of powerlifting, not necessarily winners. Um, we touched on a lot of people who competed really in the spirit of powerlifting and, um, and you know, took attempts to try and win or to try and place well. Um, we also spoke about Sane, who was really polite and friendly to everybody. Probably a couple of people who don't get much attention but deserve a lot are, I mean, the meat organiser, JP, um, and people like Simon Bergner, who just spent a huge amount of time helping people out, but also just, like, all of the people who volunteered their time. Um, you know, there were gyms from Melbourne. Was it JPS who submitted all of the spotters, for instance, for one whole session? Was it JPS? No, it was Melbourne Strength Culture. Melbourne Strength Culture. Like, things like the that. Fort, the Fort had a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah, I th- yeah, Chrissy's got something to say. The Strength Fortress um, were all over the tech desk and spotting pretty much all weekend. Um, there were a lot of guys from Strength Culture and Strength Fortress who were um, either emceeing or spotting or tech desking. Um, who was who were the other people? Mike Helms, Water Ledge, um, and Nolene, yes, very much. And Woody, yeah, those were really notable people that I noticed, like all weekend, just running around. Um, Greta and John as well, um, just just getting getting stuff done, basically. With an event like this, people who do that, and you know, even like yourself, Alex and um, Joey and Susanna, like the day after you're competing, you were there spotting. Um, things like that make a huge difference to the running of the competition. And there were, was there a single misload across the entire? There was no misloads. Zero, Zero misloads. There were no misloads whatsoever. So yeah. Anyway, things like that. I think those people deserve a shout out and a round of applause. Um, so you know, there's just a few. Um, and also, I just want to quickly mention um, Charlie Athanasiu, whose name's so hard to pronounce. Did I? Um, again, another strength culture coach. Um, so when I was mentioning Chris White helping me with Ben Sellers earlier, Charlie was also out the back um, of his own volition, not even helping strength culture lifters, just helping everybody run through their warm ups and helping the people that JP and myself were trying to um, were trying to look after. Guy didn't even walk out and get to watch any lifters on the platform. He literally spent an entire session out the back just handling people's warm ups. Um, so stuff like that. They're the people who really deserve a tip of the cap that probably haven't had one. Um, we had Eze, E-double-Z-A-double-Y, asking, how was Nationals affected by the change to world powerlifting? Was there more drug testing? Um, there Alex? Was there, drug testing. there was a lot of drug testing. I going on. Um, I mean, I know there was a lot of drug testing. Was there more than previously? Probably not. I don't not. think there was any more than previously. Um, but, you, yeah, usually at national competitions, there are a lot of drug... There is a lot of drug testing, especially open nationals. I don't think there was any change. Okay, we've got, um, we've had G Gilbert underscore age asking expected versus actual results. We've spoken about that. Tim Hugh 5 asked a very important question. Um, Alex, how do you maintain the sexy man look on the platform? I don't know. Just comes naturally. Well, shout out to Matt Bartholomew who maintains the sexy man look on the platform by wearing nearly a kilo of hair product. Does he apply that after he weighs in? helps, Tim, is, is putting, chalk putting chalk in your, chalk hair. In your 
reckon? I reckon you got to do the Blaine Sumner chalk on your face thing, like Braveheart style, like, you know, face paint. Really, like, get tribal. Alex is just lucky you can't see sweat patches on the live feed. Yeah, you're lucky you can't smell him. Boy can sweat. <laughs> that's, why that's why we're black. Yeah, wait till we have the 3D, like, immersive experience powerlifting live stream. It'll be heinous. Oh, man, please never. Yeah. Um, anyway, how do you do it? Lots of hair gel, ask Matt Bartholomew, applied after weighing. Uh-huh. <laughs> Matt, your hair was, your hair was, Matt's hair was really, really sticky when I was handling it. Yeah, it's probably actually somebody should check that out. I think it's an unfair advantage for bench when you think about it because it makes his head stick. So he probably gets more of an arch out of that. That's brilliant. That's definitely um, what Colin Hubbard does when he like rubs his head into the bench when he sets up. Yeah. As a female, the last thing that you want is hair in your face or in your way when you're lifting. So I can understand why Matt wears a lot of hair gel. I'm sure it's not only for us that to worry about. I've got your back. Long to get in the way. Are the braids purely functional, by the way? Because I got asked this. This was another question. Do all girls just braid their hair for function, for powerlifting mates? I think it's partly function and then partly like you want to be a bit of a gangster. Fair enough. Did All right. Yeah, I'd say so. Okay, um, final question. This was from Jules Nanetti, smugly, saying why people should prioritise going nine for nine. Um, I've already touched on that, Jules. Well done, smug. <laughs> yeah, well done, Jules, for going nine for nine. <laughs> yeah, um, and winning soundly. Yeah. Get out of here, Jules, idiot. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you want to hear more of Jules... Then you can listen to Jules's episode no, of Weekly no, no, Weights. In all seriousness, going nine for nine, we sh- we've sh- spoken through the results, and there was a few competitions where the winner did go nine for nine in a very close competition. So yeah, obviously it is really really important to make your list, especially when it's close. It's also just a really good feeling finishing the day having not missed a lift. I wouldn't know. Yeah, like. Neither would Alex. Neither would Alex. Miss lifts in training. You know, the goal is obviously never. So why would so you why aim would you to miss lifts in competition? You know what I mean? Definitely. It's just something that happens. But it is a great feeling going 9 for 9. I've only done it once, but it that was like my most enjoyable comp and I was on a high for ages afterwards and I didn't leave thinking, oh, well, what could I have done or what if this or what if that? So I think that's a big, big factor. Anyway, so yeah, we got to, wrap, to wrap things to wrap up, we've gone through all the winners. Best female lifter was Tara Gripton from Strong 24-7. Best male was Tony Ryman from Melbourne Uni. Best female team was... I already said that, uh, Melbourne Uni. And best male team, JPS. JPS. Okay, so just to wrap this up, because I, I have a session i got to go to. Do a job. <laughs> yeah, barely, but yes. Um, Chrissy, sum up nationals in one word, three, two, one, go. And the word is no. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs>